for White Spot Giants this week. Back come the Giants across the line. Kosh, left wing, looks, waves, finds a man. Benson scores! In he comes! Stop by David Tendick! He kept it out! Oh, mercy, what a save by Tendick! Up the middle comes Byram, right side, running at the circle, scores! Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Welcome to White Spot Giants this week, the home of Vancouver hockey, the home of the Giants is Sportsnet 650. A new week is upon us and a new week for the Vancouver Giants. Winners of two straight games, a northern sweep of the Prince George Cougars from the weekend. We will dive into that shortly. Coming up on the show over the course of the next hour, we are going to head to Red Deer in segment number two. We are going to talk to the play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels, Troy Gillard, going to talk about the East, talk a little bit about the Central Division, the Red Deer Rebels, and I'm sure Connor Bedard will come up once or twice in that conversation. A little later on in the first segment, we are going to hear from Giants associate coach Keith McCambridge, some of his post-game thoughts from Saturday after a 3-1 road win for the Vancouver Giants. But to kick the show off, we stick to uh, we stick locally. We go to a fellow that had a really strong weekend, a guy who's got four points in his past four games, dating back to the start of February. A 19-year-old forward from Victoria in his first full season in a Vancouver Giants uniform, the second star of Saturday's win in Prince George. Giants forward Peyton Mount joins me now. Peyton, thanks for making the time, man. Appreciate you doing this. Happy Monday to you. And I'm sure the mood of the group is fairly positive considering what happened this weekend up north. Tell me about just the mood at the rink today and how the guys are feeling after rattling off a couple of victories, something that isn't easy to do up north. Yeah, for sure, Dan. Uh, definitely great to go up there. It's never an easy road trip to uh, go into PG and steal uh, four out of four points in a in a place that's definitely hard to play against and a, a team that's definitely on the rise in our uh, conference for sure. It was definitely nice to finally get back in the win column and string some games together. And you can definitely tell, definitely gave the group some confidence. And now we just got to keep definitely more of a level head not get too high on uh just the four points and not get uh too excited about it and just keep it going and focus on uh stringing a few more wins this weekend so when you examine the two games sort of in a in a vacuum Peyton I mean what what worked well for the group both games I mean you know you're you're down some key bodies of course up front and on the back end but at least watching it from the webcast and and sort of watching from a distance um, in all three areas of the ice there seemed to be some traction and there seemed to be some consistency do you agree yeah, for sure. I think uh, when you're down bodies um, and definitely some key bodies, uh, the coaches obviously are going to come up with a great game plan, and I think we stuck to that all weekend uh, through the highs and the lows of the weekend, and I think that's what helped us uh, prevail in the end, and we'll have to stick with that, and we'll uh, continue to roll as long as we do that. Peyton Mount, Vancouver Giants forward here, my guest on Sportsnet 650 and White Spot Giants this week. 
Um, earlier today, Peyton, some great news out of the Vancouver Giants and the Western Hockey League. Jesper Weichmann named goaltender of the week in the WHL. He's made 12 straight starts for you. He stopped 58 of 60 shots fired his way this past weekend. Um, a thought from you about his play, not just this past weekend, Peyton, but all season and sort of what he has meant to this team's success. Oh yeah. He, he battles for us every night. He, He's the rock to our back end, the last line of defense. He, he's always there to help us when we need him. And we're, we were happy that we could get him some results this weekend because he, he helped us stay in those games as they were tight this weekend. And he's just been unbelievable this whole year. So it was nice to finally get those wins as a team, but also for him as he's battling every night back there for us. A two-point game for you uh, on Saturday, a three-point weekend for you as well. Peyton, tell me a little bit about that um, aspect of it. I know you're not one to necessarily harp on a lot of individual success or individual accolades, but um, if you're not going to talk about yourself, talk a little bit about your line and just sort of what you were able to sort of do as a trio in order to have a little bit of offensive success. Yeah, I think uh, with uh, some bodies being down, we had some uh, line shuffling this weekend, and uh, uh, Ty Thorpe and I played together for the whole weekend, and we found some uh, some good chemistry throughout the weekend, which we just uh, rolled with, played a solid game, both uh, defensively and offensively, with uh, us being good defensively, helped us uh, definitely um, create the offense we were looking for, and just having the young guys fill in on one of the wings throughout both games was nice to help those guys um, just kind of learn stuff and also just give them the confidence they need to have a good second half. The, the shorthanded goal, uh, a great goal and, and, and nice to sort of get a bit of a monkey off your back, I'm sure, as far as the, the goal scoring is concerned. Uh, I know historically throughout your career, Peyton, you've sort of prided yourself on being a, a pass-first guy, and the stats show that, but... Um, uh, I'm sure I can't be the only one who's maybe sort of been in your ear playfully nudging you a little bit to shoot the puck more. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, that goal, sort of what it did for your confidence moving forward and, you know, maybe something that uh, that can hopefully, you, you know, give you that, that added pat on the back and that added boost sort of down the stretch here in the next 20-odd games? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely nice to finally get the the monkey off the back. It's uh, been a been a few games for sure since uh, since I had my last one. So it's just nice confidence knowing that I got it off and I don't have to grip my t- stick maybe as tight. But yeah, just just trying to do what I can offensively and defensively to help the team uh, have a strong uh, push towards the playoffs and then. Uh, hopefully continue that throughout the playoffs as we make um, a push for the uh, the championship. Peyton Mount here on White Spot Giants this week. Of course, joining the Giants in a trade in the summer with the Seattle Thunderbirds. And um, Peyton, I think that game a few weeks ago in Seattle is going to live sort of in infamy with the Vancouver Giants for a few reasons, none of them good. But for a 
personal standpoint, going back to that rink, going back to play a game at the Showware Center for the first time in a long time, what was that day like for you? And what was that experience like walking through those doors and going to a different dressing room for the first time in a span of about five years? Yeah, it, it was definitely weird for sure. You know, when you've spent most of your career in one place and uh, you finally get to go back, it's definitely really weird to be doing warm-ups on the other side of the ice. Um, their crowds are notorious for booing the other team as they come on the ice, so definitely weird to hear that, but it was also just a cool experience to play there again and go to battle with the guys in a place I've played many games before, and I know we didn't get the, the result we are looking for, but we still got three more games against them, so we'll get them next time for sure. And I mean, of course, you know, it's it's probably very difficult and, and a bit bittersweet, I'm sure, to sort of go through that experience in an organization where if I'm if I've got my facts correct, I think you played 140 regular season games there plus playoffs. So uh, a few more cracks at them. Um, Want to talk a little bit about the week to come, Peyton. Obviously, you've got the Victoria Royals set to come to town on Friday and then another tilt with Kamloops on the road Saturday. Um to a point you made earlier in the conversation of not wanting to get too high, not wanting to get too low, but trying to sort of take the positives from the weekend, I'm sure, and sort of morph it into the week to come. But can you just speak to the, I guess, the the opportunity that exists coupled with the confidence that you can take away from this weekend and, you know, trying to string, uh, maybe string a little streak together here for this Giants team as they sort of make their vault up the standings? Yeah, exactly. Just like you uh, said, Dan, just um, we got to take the, the, the good and the confidence we built this weekend and, uh, yeah, not get too high, not get too low, uh, but use that confidence to know that we're still in this and we're going to make a strong push. And we got to, like uh, I said earlier, we just got to stay level-headed. And I think if we do that and stick to the game plan we have each night, I think we put ourselves in a really good chance to to succeed and string uh, quite a few games together. Well, let's end this conversation on a on a bit of a lighter note. Of course, yesterday was the Super Bowl, the Bengals, the Rams. What did you think of the game? And, um, you know, was there a, a, a giant last night that might have gotten a little lucky on the Super Bowl squares or maybe, uh, maybe led the way as far as providing food for the afternoon? What did you think of, uh, of your Super Bowl experience in 2022? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, we had just gotten off... Uh off of a long, long bus ride uh, from PG. It got in pretty uh, late in the morning yesterday, but um, yeah, it was nice. A bunch of the guys, we got together, watched the game. We we definitely had a divide between uh, Joe Burrow fans and Cooper Cup fans, but uh, it was fun to get together with all the guys, and uh, yeah, it was a great game. I think a lot of the guys loved the, um, the halftime show more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, to the few of the artists that a bunch of us have grown up listening to like Snoop Dogg, uh, Dr. Dre, all those guys was pretty cool to see them perform on TV live. So, uh, I think it was a great afternoon overall as, uh, as a group of guys watching it just to kind of forget about, uh, hockey for an afternoon and just, uh, hang out and bond. And I think that's really important as we need that as we go into the late second half of our season. 
Well, Peyton, I appreciate you doing this. Want to congratulate you and the guys on your successful weekend up north. And as you get ready for two more games uh, coming up this weekend, it's going to be great to watch you guys return to action at home. Um, my, my status, of course, is still a bit of a limbo heading into the weekend, but really looking forward to seeing you guys face-to-face, -face, hopefully as soon as possible. Enjoy the week, my friend, and thanks for this. Appreciate your time, and uh, again, just the very best to you guys this week at practice. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Dan. Peyton Mount, Vancouver Giants forward to kick off White Swat Giants this week. Great way to start off the show, Peyton Mount. Good talker, good guy, good teammate, uh, and obviously to see him finding the, uh, the, the stat sheet with a little more regularity as of late is a good thing and a major positive for the Vancouver Giants, and they are going to need him as the uh, schedule continues. Of course, the Giants playing host to Victoria on Friday night. And then they're off to Kamloops Saturday for a battle with the Blazers. And before we hear from Giants associate coach Keith McCambridge, let me double back to some news from earlier today. Jesper Weichmann, uh, goaltender of the week in the Western Hockey League. He played two games in Prince George. He won both of them. 58 saves on 60 shots faced from the weekend. His save percentage, a 9.67. His goals against, 1.00. And honestly robbed frankly of two shutouts from the weekend of course uh two goals each in the final minute of regulation from the prince george cougars denying vikeman of a pair of shutouts but to the native of stockholm sweden to the prospect of the vegas golden knights a terrific weekend for jesper vikeman and the vancouver giants your goaltender of the week in the western hockey league uh let's shift gears now to the post-game remarks from saturday giants associate coach keith mccambridge um reflecting on a successful weekend reflecting on a successful game and even sharing some belated super bowl predictions as well here's the associate coach keith mccambridge here on white spot giants this week Post-game show continues here on Sportsnet 650. And right now at this point in time for a second night in a row, associate coach Keith McCambridge joins me by telephone. Coach, uh, not an easy thing to do, especially given the circumstances that the Vancouver Giants faced, um, well, hey, a calendar week ago to where they are now. Uh, to get the sweep in Prince George is a big deal, and it is now uh, forced just a one-point difference in the standings between these two teams. Your initial thoughts, your initial takeaways from the performance tonight and the four-point weekend for the team. Well, again, it's, it's, it's hard to win back-to-back, -back, as we talked about last night, Dan, uh, especially on the road. Uh, obviously, with the success last night, uh, Prince George trying to correct uh, themselves and come out and get a split. Uh, but I thought our group, to a man, did a really good job sticking with the game plan, uh, not giving the opposition too much momentum, too many grade-A scoring chances, uh, a solid win. And again, Jesper real strong when he needed to be. Uh, unfortunate that we weren't able to get him that shutout because he deserved it both nights. Uh, but we liked our game. Again, we have some young pieces on the back end that are learning and getting better every game and uh, thought they did a really good job keeping things simple, getting it to the Fords, and from that, the Fords used their speed uh, and were able to create some chances off the rush. So um, as you mentioned earlier, the game changes week to week here, so we're happy with these uh, two back-to-back -back and want to keep building on it. 
Coach, special teams played a big part in this game. You get the two goals shorthanded, and, and the power play for a second straight night kind of opens the floodgates for you offensively. Um, can you just speak to the power play this weekend and, and just, you know, even the, the power play opportunities that didn't score – I'm hard-pressed to think of a power play that didn't look good. There was something positive on all six of them. Well, really, all five of them, if you ignore sort of the really late one last night. But it's so much about confident special teams. Can the Giants genuinely take some confidence away from their power play work this weekend? Yeah, 100%. I thought uh, the group of five out there just did a really good job moving pucks quickly. Uh, nobody was trying to do it by themselves. We've, we've moved some pieces around. Obviously, Alex Cotton's out after the, uh, the Seattle series for an extended period of time. Uh, so some guys step into those positions now. Uh, but we thought we were able to kind of move it, get their penalty kill spread out a little bit, find some seams when there were seams from that movement, uh, and get pucks through at key moments of the power play. And uh, there's times before where the special team power play and penalty kill uh, weren't where they need to be. But, uh, but this back-to-back, this series here, uh, when we needed them to score a goal or keep one out of the back of the net, they came through. And that's what you need to have success. Peyton Mount, two points tonight. All of a sudden, he's starting to find the score sheet with a little more regularity here in the, in the past handful of games. You think about even just last week, Coach. Um, does he need to shoot the puck more? I mean, you know, the, the shorthanded goal through the legs of Brennan, he, he's scored in this league before. He had 15 goals as a 17-year-old, but uh, I've sort of noticed since he's come back from illness that, that there does seem to be a bit of an added confidence, I suppose, maybe in Peyton Mount's game. But can you just speak to what he sort of did with the puck, without the puck this weekend and the game he had tonight? I just see Peyton's game where it's at is he was he was dealing with some illness there with COVID for a while wasn't quite a hundred percent we had a lot of travel a lot of uh, of uh, games in a short period of time with that travel involved uh, and it became taxing on him so he wasn't at a hundred percent and uh, and it showed on the score sheet but uh, he's able to get a little bit of rest here uh, it is back to back but again. Uh, being closer to 100%, you're seeing the player that we traded for. And when I look at Peyton Mount, I see him more as a passer. He's more of a, you know, he has really good vision. Uh, he's able to find those seams lie sell through the, uh, the power play there. Uh, and off the rush, he's always looking to find that fourth layer coming in off the, uh, off the offensive blue line. Uh, that's where I see him at his, his uh, most skill set, his probably dangerous weapon in his passing. Uh, but again, he does have a decent shot to be able to put it to the net as well. But uh, he's more so for me a guy that sees the ice well and distributes the puck. Jesper Weichmann this weekend, terrific. Uh, two solid games. You sort of mentioned just the, the crummy luck in the final minute of both games, sort of snatching the shutout away from him. But, um, Coach, he's now started 12 straight games for you guys. And, I mean, can you just sort of speak to the the comfort and the confidence that a coaching staff sort of has when you've got a guy that, A, can play a lot and b wants to play a lot yeah no i'm I'm, and on top of the the even more importantly dan the the confidence you can see the guys in front of them that right there's going to be breakdowns whether you're in the national league the american league or the chl there's going to be breakdowns that happen but when you have that confidence to make plays to try to execute plays off the rush in the offensive zone 
uh, and the turnovers are going to happen, that you know that your goaltender is going to be there to make the saves. It just makes you play with a little bit more swagger uh, and you're on your toes more. So you can see that in the group in front of him uh, and especially the way he's playing right now. It's, uh, there's times as a coaching staff when you stand back there and you just know uh, that if there is a breakdown, that your goaltender is going to be there to make the save. And that's the feeling that comes from the net right now. We feel it as a coaching staff, and you can tell that his, uh, his teammates feel it as well. Coach, it's been uh, an interesting week for the Vancouver Giants when you consider all that has sort of happened when you examine the last seven days as as a total. And I'm, I'm certain, because I've lived it before, that that bus ride home from Prince George is so much better after, uh, after four points, let alone two points tonight. But just a thought from you now about sort of the upcoming week. A bit of practice time at home, a home game with Victoria on Friday against a Royals team that uh, are, are on the brink of, of losing either their 15th or 16th straight game with how things are going to Seattle but um, it's a rivalry and, and possibly a chance for the for the Giants again just to, to keep a streak going and, and get even more sort of swagger back in their step a little bit but uh, an important week upcoming preparation wise I think for this team. Yeah, I'll look at both. I'll, I'll look back at the week we just went through after the Seattle game that we played, uh, and obviously at a real low point. But we had a chance. Uh, unfortunately, we had a chance to um, to take a breath uh, and get ourselves reset from what took place with having to stay home. I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and when I look at that, uh, as much as you don't want it to happen, where we were as a team at that moment, uh, it gave us an opportunity to get our feet back under us under us, see where we are with personnel, uh, make some adjustments on what we now have going into this, uh, this weekend that we just went through, and then move forward from there. So sitting from that and now coming in here this next week, now we have a chance again, uh, a block of time where we have an opportunity to maybe get some guys uh, back into the lineup here with, uh, with a little bit of rest, a little bit of practice time, fine-tune some things, and then continue to scrape and claw and get two points every single time we're on the ice here and continue to move our way up where we need to be in the standings coach uh two final really glaring burning questions for you and we'll let you go grab your meal and get on that bus uh the coin toss tomorrow in the super bowl is it going to be heads or is it going to be tails (laughs) i'm more of a cfl guy so if you're asking me uh you know what it's uh is it going to be heads or tails i'll go with heads again i'll uh the guys are excited to watch the game tomorrow it's it's kind of those bus rides are always, as you know, there a lot. There's a lot more joy after you're able to have a win, uh, spend some time together as a team here, and then have a day off and enjoy it. And when there's something like the Super Bowl to watch, it makes that day off even that much more uh, enjoyable. Do you have a thought, Bengals or Rams? Uh, you know what? I'll go with Rams. I, I like the Rams. I like their coach. He seems like a real cerebral guy. I like some of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff I've watched with him over the years. So uh, as as a coach that uh, that likes to watch and observe other coaches, uh, that'd be my team based on that. Coach, congratulations on the four-point weekend, uh, and and I really appreciate your flexibility in sort of making this conversation happen. Wishing you and the Vancouver Giants the utmost safety in your trek home tonight. Congratulations on the weekend. Really looking forward to talking to you soon. And uh, face-to-face, man, whenever it can happen, it, it can't come soon enough. Uh, I appreciate it, Coach. Yes, me as well, Daniel. Thanks.
Keith McCambridge, the associate coach of the Vancouver Giants after a 3-1 win on the road over the Prince George Cougars. We will take one final short break. We'll come back with the three stars and some final thoughts from the weekend. Giants winners 3-1 over Prince George. White spot Giants hockey returns shortly on Sportsnet 650. And just like that, we are about halfway through this week's edition of White Spot Giants this week. But still to come, we are going to head to Red Deer, and we are going to chat with Troy Gillard, play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. We'll talk Rebels, we'll talk East, we'll talk Connor Bedard, we'll talk so much more. White Spot Vancouver Giants Hockey returns shortly on Sportsnet 650. Giants this week. Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to White Spot Giants this week, the home of Vancouver hockey and the home of the Giants, Sportsnet 650. Big thanks to Peyton Mount. Big thanks to Keith McCambridge for the chatter in segment number one. And as the show continues and as this week continues, we head east. And we haven't done this in a while, but I wanted to go out east and sort of get a general sense of what is going on in the Eastern Conference of the WHL. Since we do not get to face those teams this year, I thought it might be fitting to head to Red Deer, where the Red Deer Rebels sit third overall in the Eastern Conference standings, second in the Central Division behind the Edmonton Oil Kings. And I am thrilled to welcome back a friend of the show. The voice of the Red Deer Rebels is Troy Gillard. He is my guest. Troy, nice to chat with you as always, my friend. Greetings from Vancouver. It's nice to chat, pal. How are you? Dan, the thrill is all mine. Thanks very much for the invite to come back on the show. And uh, glad to hear your voice once again and then chat a little Eastern Conference hockey for you. Yeah, so so let's dive in. Uh, the Red Deer Rebels have dropped to straight, but if you look at the entire body of work, I think if you were to say, hey, Steve Konowalczyk, hey, Brent Sutter, through the two-thirds of a hockey season, your team is going to be top three in the conference and still within, you know, uh, a winning streak maybe of, of flirting with first place overall. Would you have taken that in August? Do you think they would have taken that in August? Well, I think you would have to say yes for the most part because just given the way that this team had struggled the last couple of seasons before this year, it's uh, miles and away the, the best uh, performance the Rebels have had in a season for the last while. Obviously, the last pandemic-shortened season was what it was. They got 23 games in and only won four of them, and not that there was playoffs or anything to worry about there, but dating back to the year before that, uh, when the, the season came to an early end, uh, the team was on track to miss the playoffs in that year as well. So just overall, the fact that the Rebels are are back in a, a playoff spot through this point of the season and firmly entrenched in a, a playoff spot, as you mentioned, currently sitting third overall in the conference, I think. Yeah, if you're the organization, Brent Sutter, Steve Konowalczyk, you would be pleased with that for sure but always room to improve and the rebels have been a little hit or miss here the last month or so since coming back from their COVID pause consistency has been somewhat elusive so once they can I think string a few more consecutive wins together like they did throughout the the first half of the season on several occasions they'll be even happier with the way things are going 
Two names at the very top of the scoring, not only for the Red Deer Rebels, Troy, but the league as well. And um, Archdeep Baines has a local connection to us. So let's dive in a little bit to the Surrey native. 65 points for Archdeep Baines. He's a 20-year-old. And uh, I know I, I join, get in line, Dan, join the many that get stoked to see a 20-year-old having a season like this. But did you see this coming? Did he see this coming when you think back to sort of the prognostications at the start of the year? Well, I'm not sure you ever predict any of your players on a team to necessarily lead, lead the league in scoring or be amongst the very uh, top of the, the league scoring charts. But uh, you've definitely seen a progression from Archdeep Bain since he joined the team uh, out of the, the BC uh, U18 AAA League back in uh, 2017. He just has continuously uh, gotten better each season out, even during the, the shortened season last year. And it's to the point now where, more often than not, whenever Archdeep Baines is on the ice, the puck is probably on his stick, and he's doing great things with it, whether he's putting it in the back of the net himself, he's right at that 20-goal mark, essentially, and, or whether he's setting up his line mates or, or leading things on the power play. Uh, when Archie Baines is at the top of his game, he's doing special things out there, and it's just a, a treat to see on all sorts of levels. Again, don't necessarily predict a guy to be battling for a scoring title, but hopes were definitely high that he was going to be an offensive leader for Red Deer coming into the year, and thankfully that's been the case. And then you have Ben King, the six foot three forward. He was a first round prospect pick back in uh, you know 2017 from Swift Current. He leads the Western Hockey League in goal scoring presently with 34 of them. Um, give us the skinny on on Ben and sort of what has enabled him to sort of build. I mean, last season 28 points in 21 games, no slouch. But he's obliterating those totals this time around. Why? I think a big part of it uh, is the guy that we just talked about, the chemistry that he has built up over the last really three seasons with Archdeep Baines and those two guys playing on the line for a bulk of that time has really come to fruition this year when Arsh is looking for someone to set up. Uh, ben King has been quick to be Johnny on the spot and get himself available to, to capitalize on, on Archdeep Baines' creativity out there. But more than this, just that, you obviously have to, be working hard and earn your own breaks and stuff like that. And we've seen a lot of that from Ben this year. You mentioned that he had success last year during the pandemic season and whatnot. But the, I think he gained a quite a bit of confidence last fall, Dan, when he got the invite to attend rookie camp with the Calgary Flames and, and go skate there for about a week and, and dress for a couple of uh, prospects games. I think that kind of buoyed him after going undrafted at the, at the NHL draft the last year and whatnot. Really gained some confidence skating with the Flames. That carried over to a really strong first half of the season. And much like the rest of the team, a bit hit or miss in January and the first half of February in terms of the overall results. But hey, when you become the, the first player, not only in the Western Hockey League this season, but all of the CHL to hit the 30-goal the milestone and still sit atop of the WHL scoring charts with 34, definitely have to be pleased with uh, Ben King's progression and still plenty of room for him to improve moving forward. We are chatting with Troy Gillard. He is the voice of the Red Deer Rebels, my guest here on White Spot Giants this week. And just to continue the conversation out east um, for the next uh, little while here, Troy, um, 
The Rebels very quiet at with on the trade front this season. You you sort of have Jackson Vandalist and that key acquisition on the back end. Uh, the team that you're competing with for that central title, the Edmonton Oil Kings, can't quite say the same. Uh, a big trade, obviously, with the Vancouver Giants that sent Justin Sordiff out east to Edmonton. I know you've seen Sordiff at least once in an Oil King uniform. What can you tell us about the fit? What can you tell us sort of about what stood out positively for you about him? Um, and, and I mean, maybe even just dive a little deeper for me about the Edmonton Oil Kings and how you sort of see that Edmonton-Red Deer rivalry sort of playing out uh, and, and how you feel the Rebels have sort of faced against them this season. Well, your timing to ask that question is particularly good because we just saw the Edmonton Oil Kings come here this past Friday through Red Deer and uh, and defeat the Rebels by a score of 4 nothing, And that was the first time the Rebels and Oil Kings had played since November, amazingly enough, and the first time Edmonton had played here in Red Deer since all the way back to October. So it had been a long time after the Rebels and Oil Kings played five games against each other in the first month and a bit of the of the WHL regular season. Red Deer and Edmonton will play a total of 10 times with uh, four games uh, between the two teams um, still on the docket. Uh, the season series at 3-3 so far. But to get back to Justin Sertif, he was outstanding on Friday night. Two goals and an assist. Uh, best player on the ice. And he was named the game's first star here at the PD Mart Century Room in Red Deer. And you touched on it. The, the Edmonton Oil Kings, I think coming into the season already, were on paper, uh, expected by many to be battling for a championship in the Western Hockey League, if not make a, a run at the Memorial Cup after not getting the opportunity to do so the last couple of years. But then you add a guy like Justin Sertin, and you add a guy early in the season like Prokop, and then you get uh, Caden Gooley just before uh, the World Juniors, the abbreviated World Juniors, just to add that much talent to the point where they now have five guys on their roster that were part of Team Canada for the, the World Junior Hockey Championship. Uh, you can't knock the depth that the Edmonton Oil Kings have built up. And they were very impressive here on Friday night. I put it on Twitter that they played a near-perfect road game against the Red Deer Rebels, and it really was that. They were outstanding from, from start to finish in that one. So when it comes to how the Rebels have done against Sol Edmonton so far this year, they were able to get some wins early on in the season series, which uh, will be important going down the stretch here. 3-3 uh, three and three is the season series, and again, uh, Four more meetings between the Oil Kings and Rebels coming now uh, between now and, and the end of the regular season. Edmonton's built up a bit of a cushion at the top of the Central. They're now 10 points ahead of Red Deer for first in this division. So the Rebels will have to win some games and then hope for some success in those head-to-head uh, -head matchups down the stretch if they uh, have any realistic aspirations of finishing first place in the Central Division. Well, then let's prognosticate a little further, shall we? If the playoffs were to start today, it would be the Rebels at the three spot, battling the Brandon Wheat Kings in the six spot. Uh, obviously, Troy, there's a lot of hockey still to go, and, and so many things sort of in the middle and the bottom of the standings can change. Um, when you look at the teams sort of beside you and beneath you in the Eastern Conference, is there a team... That, that you would say has been a pleasant surprise, a team that intrigues you. A um, couple of teams that sort of jump off the page to me might be the Moose Jaw Warriors and the Swift Current Broncos, two teams currently that find themselves in a playoff spot, whereas some teams beneath them, Lethbridge and Regina, particularly come to mind as teams that maybe at the start of the year you would have penciled them in a little higher. 
I don't want to answer this question. I want you to. Who intrigues you beneath the Red Deer Rebels? Well, you mentioned the Brandon Weekings, and like you say, if the playoffs started today, that would be a potential 3-6 playoff matchup. Uh, the Weekings have only played 41 games so far because, of course, they postponed a number of games in January while waiting for the province of Manitoba to lift some restrictions that would have prevented the fans from attending those games. We were just out in Brandon a week ago, Dan, and uh, the Weekings were playing their first home game in 40 days and had 50% capacity. There was a, a real good vibe at West Oba Place for that one. And the Weekings played a, an excellent third period. Rebels led one nothing after two before Ridley Gregg scored twice to lead the Weekings to a 3-1 comeback victory over the, the Rebels in that one. And that's a team, if you're asking me, does someone intrigue me in the Eastern Conference? It's definitely Brandon, I would say, because they came into the season with a, a pretty good-looking roster. And then throughout the first half of the year, just ran into a, a god-awful amount of injury trouble. And now they're, the, they're to the point where even Jake Chason is skating and getting closer and closer to making his season debut. But now that the Weekings have pretty much all their big guns in their lineup, they're starting to look real good. And they've beaten the, the Rebels the last time, couple of times now that they've gone head-to-head. So the Brandon Weekings look really good to me. And the Moose Jaw Warriors you mentioned as well, they're now just three points behind Red Deer in the conference standings. Red Deer in third overall in the conference at 61 points. Moostra's right there at 58, 9-1 in their last 10 games, playing their best hockey of the season since the calendar flipped to 2022. And they've played the Rebels tough as well. So that's a team that's got elite talent at the back end and, and a couple of guys up front to, with the guys like Jaeger and Ferkus and whatnot that can really put the puck in the net. So don't definitely sleep on the Moostra Warriors. Uh, looking elsewhere in the top eight, Saskatoon Blades, uh, when you've got the WHL's uh, leading point getter and Kyle Krinkovic leading the way, you can do a lot of damage there. Calgary Hitman, hardworking team. Uh, they're sitting in a playoff spot right now, and they've got some games to make up as well, so they'll have something to say down the stretch. And then I'm very interested to see who's going to sneak into that last playoff spot in this conference. Right now you've got Lethbridge and Swift Current, who you mentioned a moment ago, at 39 points. The Prince Albert Raiders who, funny enough, are still the reigning league champions. Yeah, 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 When we were at the Arthauser Center a couple of weeks ago, you see that 2019 championship banner, and it's like, wow, we haven't been able to hand one out since then. So it's uh, we're going to fix that this year, which is a wonderful thing. But you look at it, Prince Albert in at 36 points, just uh, three points back of, of Lethbridge and Swift Current. And then the Regina Pats are there as well, right at 36. And they're starting to catch a little bit of fire, led by you-know-who. So anything could happen there. I'll be very intrigued to see who sneaks in with that uh, number eight playoff spot. It'll be a very fascinating battle down the stretch between Lethbridge, Swift Current, and Regina, and uh, also Prince Albert. Four teams battling for what could only be one spot available. Sign me up for a new reigning champion in the Western Hockey League, yeah. if I do say so myself. And, of course, I say that tongue-in-cheek. Um, still got, got nothing but love for the community of Prince Albert and obviously the hospitality that was shown to the Giants back in May of 2019. Um, a few more here for you, Troy. And that, that brings us to you-know-who and Connor Bedard. Mm. He's obviously um, you know doing what uh, exceptional talents do. He is filling the back of the net and sort of putting up points and scoring at will to the point now where, you know, he's he's really sort of climbing into the goal-scoring conversation with 29. I mean, like, I don't really know how to ask this question any other way, but, I mean, is, is the hype 
and everything, the pomp and circumstance surrounding Connor Bedard, like, is it all legit in your mind? Like, when when the Regina Pats come to Red Deer, I mean, is there just a different buzz when Connor Bedard is a part of the narrative and a part of the conversation? I think it helps. He's only played in Red Deer uh, the one time so far. Uh, so we've, we've really only had a, a limited uh, sample size in terms of the buzz here at the the PV Mart Century when the the Regina Pats rolled in with uh, Connor Bedard and then uh, the Rebels have played uh, out in Regina but it, it's been a little while too it was earlier on in the season kind of early November when uh, the Regina Pats were, were going through some things and and Connor Bedard and his teammates were you know trying to kind of get things going there they've since made the coaching change with John Paddock stepping in behind the bench and that's obviously made a difference but uh, yeah I mean everyone's seen the highlights here over the last couple of weeks in terms of the things that that he can do he's a very gifted offensive player he had that uh, great game for Canada at the World Juniors as well before the, the tournament was kiboshed and whatnot but I think it's just nothing but great news for the the Western Hockey League when uh, the young man who gets the except exceptional player status entry into the league starts living up to that height and, and generating some excitement. And for the Regina Pats who were a playoff team on the fringe, I would think coming into the season, they've got a legit shot at making the postseason now based on the, on the strength of their, of their best player. So that's exciting for that historic franchise. And it'll be very fascinating. The Regina Pats come back here. Uh, they'll be in Red Deer again next on February 26th. And I'll be very fascinated to see just where Connor Bernard sits in the, the scoring race at that time and where the Regina Pats sit in terms of the, the, the playoff race at that time. But uh, yeah, I mean, nothing but great things to say about uh, Connor Bernard and, and his impact uh, on the Pats and, and his ability to generate some excitement. And it will definitely be uh, interesting to see what happens when the Pats and Bernard come back here in just a couple of weeks. Weird to sort of throw this at you, Troy, I realize, but I, I kind of have to. I mean, when it comes to you and sort of keeping a, a side eye, I suppose, on the Western Conference, um, is there a team out West that sort of has your attention? Is there a player or two out West that sort of has your attention, even when you're looking at box scores and you're thinking, oh, Taylor Goche in goal in Portland, or... Logan Stankoven for Kamloops or E2 Hootenin for Everett. Um, I mean, it's so tough. And that's why I'm having this conversation with you is, is I think for my own mm. education more than anything is just to keep a prudent eye on sort of what's happening out West. So when you are making your rounds and drinking your coffee and watching highlights, etc., has anything jumped out at you uh, in intrigue wise, I suppose from the Western conference this season? Well, I keep circling back to the Kamloops Blazers, and you mentioned Stan Kova. I mean, he's third in the WHL in points. He's only played 37 games, so that's 10 fewer than Arsh D. Baines, and he's only one point back of Arsh for second in, in league scoring. And, you know, obviously the Kamloops Blazers have been a fixture in the, the CHL top 10 rankings pretty much the entire season, but that's definitely a team that I've got my eye on going down the stretch and uh, what they might be able to accomplish going forward. Uh, and then in terms of players, I mean, how can you not mention Bailey Peach, the Victoria Royals not having the best season overall, obviously when it comes to wins and losses, but he's been amazing. And especially since the, the new year, just to see his game take off to the point where he's top 10 in points in the Western Hockey League as well. So that's uh, been an interesting story to kind of scratch the surface on from my vantage point. Um, it'll be interesting, yeah, to watch from a distance. I mean, 
what is it about David Silvertips that no matter who their goalie is, you can't really score goals on them? Like, it's it's pretty remarkable to see the, the numbers that they're still posting as well. And then elsewhere in that U.S. division, Portland obviously putting together another solid season with 29 wins, and the Seattle Thunderbirds always seem to be in the mix as they as they are again. And then, uh, yeah, between Kelowna, Prince George, and Vancouver, it's going to be a very interesting. And that's the unique part about this, obviously, Dan, is like, yeah, it feels like a normal season, but it's still not quite back to normal because we don't get to cross the Rockies. All our bus trips are to uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan, and God bless those great provinces, but it, it'll be real good, hopefully, as early next year when, when the teams can get back to full foam we can get to eastern and, and western conference uh, interplay back on the docket but yeah as you very well know uh, then some great teams out in that eastern in that western conference excuse me and i'm uh, i'm gonna be really looking forward to seeing who comes out on top of there and, and let's just circle back for one final red deer rebels question for you troy and we will let you carry on with your monday and that just has to do with the fellow behind the bench steve Walchuk named the head coach at the start of the season and of course the uh the familiarity with him out west and what he was able to do with the seattle thunderbirds is one thing but just a thought from you about his transition to red deer what works uh, what has sort of worked so well with that brent sutter steve Walchuk partnership and and sort of his early returns I suppose with that roster please tell us about the Steve Connell Walchuk effect well that was part of a, a real big offseason uh, Dan you mentioned earlier that the Edmonton Wilkins made a lot of trades during the year to, to build up their roster Redger really did that before the season started uh, on the ice they bring in Kai Uchaz and, and Liam Keeler and uh, Connor Unger uh, to fill out the roster and then, obviously, the other big move was to bring in Steve Connell Walchuk as the head coach. And when Brent Sutter made the decision midway through the last season, the pandemic shortened the season, to hand over the head coaching duties, uh, he had a tough task ahead of him to find the right guy because, as you can imagine, Brent has literally everything in his heart and soul invested in this franchise. So Steve Connell Walchuk came in. His name came available. His track record speaks for itself, as he alluded to. Great success with the... Seattle Thunderbirds uh, took them to two league championship series, won a league championship. So he came in with the, the coaching pedigree, and it's been a great fit. I mean, philosophically, uh, he and Brent uh, aligned fairly well in terms of what they expect from their players on a on a night in and night out basis. And for the most part, uh, Coach Connell Walchuk and his assistants between uh, Ryan Colville and, and Mike Egner, his regular assistants behind the bench, have done a, a good job getting the most out of these guys on nearly every night out. Of course, there's the ups and downs that come with the junior hockey season. The Rebels have had that, especially here in the last uh, month or so, some things that they're working through. But you just tell that the players really enjoy playing for him. He's got a, a real relatable style. Uh, it's a very hard-nosed style because he was a, a grinding hockey player and carved out a, a heck of an NHL career for himself as well. But it's just been a good fit, and results speak for themselves. Uh, comparing this season to the last couple of years, uh, the retooling of the roster and adding a fresh voice behind the bench with Coach Connell Walchuk, good. so far so good. Well, so far so good, of course, for this conversation as well, Troy. Really do appreciate you taking the time, and I want to wish you and your family just the utmost in health and safety and good vibes as we sort of proceed with the month of February. And looking forward to our next face-to-face, and I hope it can happen sooner than later. Uh, But best of luck to you and the Red Deer Rebels down the stretch, and thank you so much for making time for the show. Sooner than later, indeed. Thanks very much for the invite, Dan. The pleasure is all mine. 
Troy Giller, the voice of the Red Deer Rebels, here on White Spot Giants this week. That is going to do it for the show this evening. But to Troy, once again, thank you. To Keith McCambridge and to Peyton Mount, thank you as well, gentlemen, for donating your time to this show. Giants back in action this weekend twice, Friday at home to Victoria, Saturday on the road in Kamloops, and both of those games can be heard here on Sportsnet 650. I'm Dan O'Connor, and this has been White Spot Giants This Week on Sportsnet 650.